Talk about you, Adnan. Play it fast and loose with gravity and oxygen. When he's putting animal crackers on her stomach yeah. and talking about the crocodile hunter. Yeah. Hello and welcome. We are back from the ballerlifestyle.com. It's the Baller Lifestyle Podcast. My name is Brian Beckner. Thank you very much for joining the show. Episode number 315? I think it's 315. I'm not sure. It might be 316. Either 315 or 316. Either way, I'm going to take some shit for it. I know that much. Um, Thank you very much for joining us. We appreciate you being here at this time. It's a difficult time for a lot of people. It's a time when people are confined to their homes or their local areas. So um, we're stoked that you can spend a little time with us while you're doing that. Uh, I'm joined now, as I am every single week, by Mr. Ed Daly. Ed, what's up? Hey, um, Hi. I I tried to uh, just take a gander at the news to see if there's anything non-virus related and uh all i could come up with this week was mcdonald's apologizes for sign banning black people from store in china now i mean that could be an many, e- oh because they, they're they're trying china's trying to blame covid on africa i thought they were blaming us that, well, they are they are blaming on us, but they're trying to they're trying to make some um, African link. So they're like discrim they're like deporting African people. There's a whole like anti Africa thing going on right now in China, like a propaganda campaign. You know, when I went to the one time I went, well, I, I've been to Hong Kong, but I, that kind of doesn't count. I went to Shanghai. And I saw lots of people. I did not see any black people in China. Yeah. I can't imagine it's that many. It's an awful policy, but of course. Yeah. I don't think there were there could have been that many people that are affected by that. Right. As usual, I have a very surface understanding of what's happening in the news. I'm not a deeply locked in human being. I have very little information about a lot of subjects and a lot of information about zero subjects, but I did read somewhere that, um, the Chinese government is trying to like pawn off the whole, uh, uh, Wuhan situation on an African deal. That is as much as I know. So that's probably why they're not letting black people in McDonald's. Now, uh, I, one topical thing, I saw a lot of buzz about what a piece of shit Bill Maher is, and he made some racist comments, and uh, and I will watch his show, like, because I like the debates, I don't like his stand-up, I don't like his stand-up. The writing's bad. I think he sucks, like, anytime he's like, all right, let me interrupt a really interesting discussion to get to new rules. It's Yeah. You're like, what? No, you finally had something going. And then if people don't like like his jokes, he's like, oh, you're all too woke. That yeah. was too edgy for you. And it's like, no, you're not a great stand-up. He, I think he is smart. Um, 
And I think he gets good guests and, and isn't afraid to like let people get into it. So I heard he, he was really a piece of shit. And I watched and I kind of I didn't agree with let's call it the Chinese virus because we used to call it the Spanish flu. Like when the Spanish flu happened, women weren't allowed to vote. We were allowed to evolve from that point. We had a name for it. And if it can stop people from being racist towards Chinese Americans or Asian Americans, I'm, I'm all for that. We can call it a different name. But he was making the larger point of like this Chinese government can just, you know, they can mobilize, they can fuck up people's lives in an instant and they won't ban these wet markets. Yes. I agreed with that. Like we we now have, a, you know, a couple of big incidents because of these things. Why not? Why not? Like take a stance there. Yeah. So. Once again, I don't know enough about it. The whole the whole like Chinese flu thing is it's not inherently racist, in my opinion, to call, you know, that was first it came from China, you know, the Chinese flu. But the thing is, no one's no one calls it that. And so it's you like only, you only call it that retroactively. Like when we right. first heard about it, the only two things I've heard are coronavirus and then people just switch to COVID-19. Right. I'm still going with coronavirus because I just, you know, I just got one thing I want to hold on to. But so if you want to you so the only people that are calling it the Chinese flu are like trying to force it to be called that, yes. which is racist. Like it's That's racist. Yes. But like and then the, the, the whole argument that we well, we call it the Spanish flu. Yeah, it didn't originate people, in Spain. We used to but we used to call uh, people, Negroes, we used to not let women yes. vote. Like we, we can't say, well, in 1918, we did this. No, it's, <laughs> it's we just an excuse to try to be racist. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, Bill Maher, I, d I don't like him, but the point he made about these wet markets, I think is true. Like, why do we need to be eating exotic shit that we don't know what happens here? Oh, and it's, well, the whole normalization of China, a fucking cross the board. They're a fucking totalitarian regime. They're fucking bad guys. They're they're they do so many things that we don't pay attention to in this country because we've outsourced all of our fucking labor there. That's right. That's right. You know, we, it's, we like it, our low iPhone prices. Right. Um, but there's there's a cost to that. It's this it's the same as the fucking Saudis. We no one we can't say anything bad about the Saudis because they got the oil. And they buy the weapons and it's like, hey, they're fucking bad, too. Like, why are we why are we just hanging out with these bad people and acting like they're not bad? It's bullshit. But yeah, fuck China. I mean, fuck, not China. fuck China. And you can say fuck China without meaning fuck Chinese Americans. Get out of here. I, I love Chinese Americans. I love Chinese Chinese. Sure. It's yeah, the Chinese the government. government. Yes. And, and behaviors. Um, the, yeah, the same I goes think. for the Saudis and the Iranians and all these all these cultures that we demonize because because we don't like their governments. It's ridiculous. It's stupid. All of those people in all of those places love the fucking West. It's the it's the governments that are fucking assholes. Right. And I got somebody else to shame. Um, so obviously ESPN is in a bad place right now with no sports. Yeah, it's tough. But so when it first when the tournament first got shut down, they started doing things like the best all-time college player. And I meant to bring this up a few episodes ago. It's Lou Alcindor. And they picked 
fucking Michael Jordan as the best college player. He didn't, he didn't even play four years. He not just that. Yeah. I mean, you could have a great three year run yeah. and it would be great. He wasn't the one championship he won. He was at best the third best player. They had the big smooth Sam Perkins right. and then big game James. Big game James. And Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan was open on the baseline. Right. Everybody cared about James Worthy. That's right. Or, or Sam Perkins. That's right. And, Sleepy Sam. And then like Jordan, you know, maybe he was like a sweet 16 player. But like beyond that, Jabbar slash Alcindor. Three times player of the year, yeah. champion every year. Yep. There's no, there's no questions. 33 I mean, and 0 bro, at one point. You can't judge a college player on the pro career. No, but no. I don't know. Well, I thought that was, I, I just, it, it annoyed me that like Michael Jordan is not, and it, it would be another thing if Michael Jordan was just the sweetest, best guy. And you'd be like, all right, give him something else. Like he's a bad dude. He's not a good dude. Yeah. And so he gets all the accolades deservedly. So for being great. A, you know, a good pro. Yeah. Fuck out of here. He was, he was a good college player. Um, and an excellent college player one year. Right. He was a good college player in the other two years. And it just so happens that ESPN is about to run like a 10 part Michael Jordan documentary. Yeah. Which as a Knicks fan, the right. hardest of passes on that one. Yeah. 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 I can't. I can't. Fuck you. And also, I don't like. Like, I I definitely. I'm obviously I wasn't a Bulls fan. I support they were the a compelling team. I support oh, the yeah. Lakers over here. Yeah, and I. And, but at the age that I was, I was definitely really into sports and basketball at the time. So I definitely watched all his finals, and marveled at his just. Um, doggedness like just how he just refused to lose he was always the fucking best player on the floor he was he was incredible that said i've never ever thought to myself i wonder what makes that michael jordan tick i don't like i 10 parts on michael jordan this is an epidemic in this they're all too long they're all too long the multi-part everything. All I know long. everybody loves Joe Exotic, but oh, I, I stand him. by what yeah. I stand by what I said when we when you had seen three parts, and I said it probably should have been two or three parts. Right. It, there was stuff in every episode, yeah, but it didn't need to be seven episodes. No, I, I agree with that. Everything's way too long. That one, the especially bad no, one was the, the cults. oh my god the the organ, but, but making a murder. Too long, too long. I didn't do it. He did it. Totally did did it. it. If they make just because they make a fucking documentary about you does not make you innocent of murder, especially when you did the murder. Right. So I was talking about you, Adnan. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I I was planning on uh, doing a midweek episode, um, just like a solo episode. I thought it would be because I do really appreciate everybody who's got to be out there. Totally. And they're in their cars and they've got, I understand most people like numbers for every podcast in the world are down because people aren't going to the gym or in their cars. Oh yeah. But there are people who are, and I think it's, you know, it's cool. We should provide extra content. However, I recorded like a 12 minute episode about this and I just didn't think it would be good without a little, back and forth. So 
I watched Jason Stewart. He mentioned it when we were talking about that that uh, website, Tubi. So somebody pointed out to me. And I don't like I don't go back and re-listen. Right. But I definitely feel like this needs the Zapruder treatment because and and for the record. Jason Stewart was invited back to tonight's show, so I wouldn't. I'm, I'm not um, saying anything here that I wouldn't be saying to him directly and would actually be better to have him here so he could answer yeah, this to this. Was, I was hoping he'd be on the show and everybody should know when they say we don't have him on enough. He doesn't even give a straight answer when we ask. It's him so weird. I a- ask him and he just he's not really into like responding to questions. He's not one of these guys that just won't text you back. He'll text you back and he'll say something that is not in response to the direct question you asked him. You know what he's like? Uh. He's kind of like, if you listen to Stern, he's like Benji Bronk. And then yes. not quite sure. Yes. Is it, a, is it a bit? Asking, Do you want to be on the show? Yes. And he, he starts getting into something else and you're like, is that a yes or a no? Is the it, last time he was on, I we were trying to not line up a time yeah. and he was getting weird. And I was like, so what time am I supposed to sit down and record this? Just say yes or no. It's fine. Just <laughs> And one time he was like, he didn't understand the top. We talked about this before. But so last week and I didn't, I wasn't. I mean, I was paying attention, but I didn't really notice this as much as maybe the people that listened. Somebody pointed this out to me. We're talking at the beginning of the show. And he's like, since you guys brought it, brought it up that this, uh, that this movie is streaming on Tubi. And I go, we didn't bring it up. And he goes, yeah, Ed mentioned it. And I go, and then I'm like, you know, I'm doing a few things here. I feel like I'm pretty tuned into the conversation. And if somebody says we talked about something and I say we didn't a hundred times out of a hundred, we didn't talk about it, but he, I don't know. I kind of like was like, Oh fuck. Maybe Ed did say something I didn't mention. Nobody mentioned to me. And then I'm like, and then he says the rest of his thing. And I go, Hey, why the fuck did you bring up Tubi when you didn't have anything to say about Tubi? And then again, he did, he didn't continue. But then at the end of the show, he brought up, oh, by the way, right. if you have Tubi, watch my movie that I was in. And Jay Stu, he's a fucking great actor. There's no question. We did a whole go. I'm not sure what episode it is. I'd have to look. Right. We did like an Inside the Actors. Go studio. on my website, theballerlifestyle.com and Google Inside the Actors Studio, S-T-E-W. And we did a whole, we did a whole show about his acting career and it was amazing but then at the end of the the reason he brought that up he was trying to work that in organically in the Tubi conversation at the beginning of the movie or at the beginning of the episode but since I derailed him by saying what the fuck was that about Tubi he couldn't it, it felt too much like he was wedging it in. So he saved it to the end. What he was trying to do was bring up Tubi so he could talk about his movie that was on Tubi and we fucked it up for him. <laughs> I didn't even know what was going on. I didn't realize either, but somebody li- listened was like, Hey, did you, did you see what was going on there? And I was like, <laughs> no, I didn't realize he's Jay Stu's very strategic. That's why he's always got that one, maybe two lines holstered to use in an episode he hates when he doesn't get a reaction right (laughs) (laughs) so you sat down you watched so we determined that he was 
in something called Murder on the 13th Floor, which I assume was on the Lifetime Network because that's where most of Jay Stu's movies are. But he's feels very Lifetime. It feels like a Lifetime movie, which I I don't know if I've ever watched one, but I clearly knew what it was a Lifetime movie kind of thing. Yeah, but it starred. It must have been a young Tessa Thompson who's really broken out. She's on Westworld. I believe she's she's Creed's wife, right? She's she's uh, Creed's wife. She's in, um, she's in the Thor. Remember that one time I had, I got suckered into seeing one of the Thors. I didn't see that. Yeah. I saw, Hey, go see it. It's not like a comic book movie. It's funny. It's just like a comic book movie and it's (laughs) attempting to be funny, but isn't anyway, (laughs) she's in it. She's banging. And she is. And, uh, you know, not, not uh super young, but uh Cheryl Ladd's daughter, super cute, looks like Cheryl Ladd. Um, she was one of the women in the Tarantino movie uh Death Proof. Right. And, uh she was like one of the, the women in the bar at the Mexican restaurant, and she looks just like Cheryl Ladd. Like you see her and you get it. It's something lad. Into that. So the so the movie and then the guy is like a black guy you've seen and stuff. He's credible enough. So oh. I was thinking the, the acting here is OK. Yeah. The writing is clearly flawed. Right. And so they open up and it feels very lifetime ish. And the music is real. It's it's one of those things that you notice the difference in a type of movie pretty quickly. The, the score, the way the way a movie like opens up, you can just yeah. kind of tell there's a certain uh, level. I think that they cut for music really makes a big difference. Yeah. Um, and it's they're trying to talk up how high tech this building is that they're in. That's like, the it's the building of the future. Oh. And so you see Tessa Thompson and this guy going at it and then you see this kid running around and you see sensors and locked doors and you realize it's it's a, a couple like a parents talking yeah. while their son is like daytime sex right. while, while right. the oh. son is occupied oh oh uh-huh you think something and then you find out the boy like tries to get around the sensors and he climbs and falls or something yeah then you realize the mom comes rushing in the mom is Cheryl Ladd's daughter. Tessa Thompson's the nanny. Oh, snap. So he's fucking pretty high on the fantasy list, by the way. Go on. Yeah. So, I mean, this guy's doing pretty well. Yeah. He's going between Tessa Thompson and Cheryl Ladd's daughter. Sean Patrick Thomas is his name. Yes, he's fine. So Sean Patrick Thomas looks a little darker than a Sean Patrick Thomas. When you hear that name, you would think think he'd have my complexion. Right. He doesn't. He definitely does not look like he's from, from Ireland at all. I would say no. You know, they say beware people with two first names. He's got three. Right. Right. (laughs) That's a lot of first names, Uh, but he's banging. He's so he's married to Jordan Ladd, Cheryl Ladd's daughter, who I don't know. You, when you say it's, it's, when you say someone's daughter, I expected some, I'm like, Oh, that's someone young. Oh no. She's our age. Right. She's my age. She's, she's much, she's older than than Tessa Thompson. Like she's the younger nanny. I'm realizing we're old. Yeah. But she's good looking. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, um, 
but it's like they keep talking up how high tech this building is and it'll be like welcome mr smith or whatever when you yeah. enter the yeah. door yeah but it's that janky high tech that yeah. like a 1988 yeah. movie yeah. envisions what 2000 well, looks they like. don't have the budget for that <laughs> this is they made this in 2012 on a on a uh this is based on a true story by the way oh no it's not no it's not never mind <laughs> No fucking way. Uh, I don't know. I saw saw based on a true story and I realized it's an ad for a different movie on the same page. So Tessa Thompson throws up. And so what do we know in a movie when a woman throws up? If you cough up blood, you're going to be dead by the end of the movie. Oh, she's pregnant. She's pregnant. pregnant. Yeah. And then she goes to one of their toilets. Yeah. And she leaves. You know, she uses the bathroom, flushes and leaves. Toilet baby. Cheryl Ladd's Ladd's uh, daughter. Walks in after. Yeah. And the high tech building analyzes your pee and it's like, oh, you're <laughs> pregnant or something like that. This is like this is like a threes company. <laughs> this is like a, a threes company yeah. plot. It's a big misunderstanding. Yeah. So <laughs> but all of this being said, the writing, the music, it feels low rent, but like the acting is credible enough. Yeah. Right? Yes. It's credible enough. And then um then you realize that the couple, Lad and Sean Patrick Thomas, they are like a power couple that is this is this this signature building and they're going to like sell this out. They're gonna like build luxury oh, condos right, everywhere. Right. Yeah. So yeah. they've got it's like a spec investor meeting. Yeah. They got an investor meeting. And Lad is not happy oh, with Tessa Thomas. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. I see what you're getting at here because I'm looking at the I'm looking at the cast here and the the number one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelfth build star of the movie is called a character called Real Estate Investor. Mm-hmm. Played by a friend of the show, Jason Stewart. Uh yeah, so he he's doing this. And I can I can actually play the audio. Oh yeah, do we, I don't remember us. Dis, I, I don't remember us discussing this yeah, one on his. I was thinking that this doesn't sound. This doesn't to me yeah. seem like one he's got. So he's talking to Sean Patrick Thomas, and he's doing. You know, he's. I would assume he's like a billionaire, a multimillionaire, because it's all high rollers at this party. Yeah, sure. Um, and. He's got one question about the the units, so let's see if I can. Okay. Yeah. So there's another uh, phone in the bathroom. Uh, I don't like to use my cell phone in there. I want to you know, stay away from the splashdown. <laughs> that's horrible. That's the scene. So he's a billionaire. That's a. So his main concern is. He he throws a lot of cell phones into the toilet. I guess he doesn't, you know, the no, splashdown. No, he's talking about when he's taking a shit. He doesn't want to have the toilet in there. He doesn't want to have the phone in there. Yeah, he's gonna drop it in the toilet. Yeah, right? uh, yeah. But I think the I think the splashdown is. I could be wrong. You watched the movie. I did not. Well, that I, I mean, I, I, he's I, just standing there at a cocktail party. So that's I believe that when he says splashdown, he's euphemizing the process on the bowl. Oh, I was thinking I need a phone in there so I don't use my cell phone because I drop a lot of them in the toilet. Oh, 
Maybe. Maybe now, now I might have to go watch. I might have to fucking open the Tubi app. Yeah. And so watch this myself. Go onto the website Tubi. It's right. Like, I think it might be exactly at the 39 minute mark. And wow. He, you know, it look, he was given the line he was given. And uh, he was credible enough. No, he's good. The guy's right? like, good. He seems like an investor with a serious question. The question was written by a screenwriter that uh, that's kind of a weird question. And that was the only investor the guy met with. And, and also like assuming you need a phone in the bathroom. And that's one of those things. Remember you're like a little bit younger, you check into a hotel and it's like kind of a decent hotel and there's a phone by the shitter and you're like, Whoa, sweet one. Like what's on that phone? First of all, why would you ever touch that thing? Especially the last thing you want to touch. Exactly. Who has occasion to be luxuriating for such an extended period of time that they need to take calls while they're in that position? Three, a, a real estate investor could just like get a phone put in there. I don't think that's a real make or break for the residents. Like, Hey, planning on pulling the trigger on this building, but just let me know first, is there a phone next to the toilet? Cause if not, I'm out. I feel like that plot point in and of itself makes the movie a little suspect. <laughs> yeah. Well, the next thing that shows up makes the movie a lot suspect because at this point you're like, wow, this is, this is weird, but there's some tension with the, the guy fucking the nanny. So uh, lad, Jordan lad does the reasonable thing and hires people to kill uh, Thompson. Well, she's gonna straight up Merc. <laughs> so these two goons show up, and they are like less credible villains than Harry and Marv in uh, Home Alone. Like what? they're straight up goofballs. Are you talking about Victor and Marco, played by Brennan Elliott and Bruno Amato? Yeah, they. I texted. We were were on a group text. Yeah. I texted. Were these guys actors? I know you didn't have scenes with them, but like, do you know if they were actors or there was some promises made like they won a contest? Because these were the two worst actors I've ever seen. Bad lines or not. They were horrendous. This this Victor guy has some credits. I mean, I assume there's a, a lot that has to do with bad writing, but. The, whoever, the big guy, I think that's Marco. He was the worst, the single worst actor I've ever seen. Victor's been on Rizzoli and Isles. Oh, he's I been, take it back. He's been on Hawaii 5-0. He's been, he okay. was in Curse of Chucky. He's been on Criminal Minds. You know, you know what kind of villains they are? They are like Baywatch villains. Remember like, right. when yeah. you're in high school and you just want to yeah. see tits. Yeah. You watch Baywatch mm-hmm. and the storylines, you'd be like, oh, well, these villains, what, what's going on? Yeah. It was that, it was that kind of situation. Yeah. And so they, and their plan, the, the goons are trying to double dip. They're like, yeah, we'll knock off this babysitter. Um, but also we're going to steal the plans oh, to the, make our own building. building. Yeah. Make our own building. But, and they show he puts a hard drive in a safe in his house. But like, that's that's how it all goes down. It's just seems pretty implausible. This is like the most high tech building and they just got a hard drive in a safe 
with the plans in a safe and these guys could just show up and then Marco can hold his own investor meeting and be like, Hey, look, I got these plans. Yeah. Like, that's not how it works. No, that's not how it works. You got to work with the architect that drew up the plans. It's not just like he gives you the plans and then he goes away. Like there's a lot of people involved beyond, you can't just have plans for the most high tech building and then just start building them. I guess you could, I guess you could sell like if there were secrets there, you could do like industrial espionage espionage and be like, Hey, I know this other company would like to build buildings like this. Maybe I can get a meeting with them and they can, you know, pick and choose. Alexander Graham Bell stole the telephone. That's kind of how it went. Is that what happened? Well, you'll find out when my book comes out. Oh my God. I can't wait. Um, It's the kind of stuff I like to know. So anyway, yeah. you know, now we've pretty much we're done with the movie because so the the son was supposed to be at a sleepover, but it doesn't explain why the nanny would be there. Yeah. So she's yeah. Like, go kill her. Yeah. Right. And the, of course, the sleepover is canceled. So the mur- the killers are in there with Tessa Thompson and the kid. And Cheryl Ladd is having like 25 Cosmos at the party. Jordan Ladd. Yes, Jordan Ladd. Cheryl Rod. Yeah. Yeah. She, she's having like twenty five Cosmos, and they. She finds out that the son is still there, and then she calls the 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 killers, and she's like, "Listen, just kill the nanny. Don't touch my son." And then she goes back to drinking Cosmos. Not again. Having phone conversations with your hired. Assassins, it's very, it's a, that's a, that's a paper trail. You don't want to do that. Right. Then, uh, Tessa Thompson, of course, invites a friend over to hang out, which what's that about? You don't invite friends over when you're the babysitter. Um, they all do it though. They all, these babysitters, that's why you got to get, have these nanny camps. You take liberties. Yeah. Yeah. They take liberties. They have, they have, um, there was a rapper in the nineties. I can't remember her name, but she had a song called Bad Babysitter. And I recall the lyrics. I'm your bad babysitter. I got my boyfriend in the shower. Oh, I'm making six bucks an hour. Mm. Well, that's what they do. You're paying your babysitter six bucks an hour. You kind of deserve this is in the 90s. This is in the I know they're up to 15, 20 bucks these days. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so she invites a friend over. What do you think the killers do? They kill the friend. Oh, by accident? Well, they think that it's another black woman, so they shoot oh, her. Oh, racist. Yeah. They they just see the descriptions like go in there and kill the black woman and not my son. They kill the friend. Um then Cheryl Ladd go sorry, Jordan Ladd goes, uh, I, I I need proof, and then you can have the plans to the building. And they pull out flip phones. This is 2012. Uh, this movie was made. Yeah. The iPhone was happening in 2012. It was happening in like Oh seven. Yeah. Yeah. But not, and I mean everybody's like everybody's using flip phones yeah, and yeah. Tessa Thompson becomes well, Superwoman. hold on. Was it like a period piece? Because let's not forget Walter White. He was also a cell phone guy. And a lot of times, but that was a burner type situation. I thought, right. Well, yeah, but a lot of times I think that the, it's too easy to explain away plot points. If you, you know, if people can text, 
but maybe not. Maybe, hey, maybe the, maybe it was just bad, uh, bad planning on, on the lifetime people's parts. And one thing that's funny in this age that everybody's using Zoom, um, they they kept talking about the high tech building. There's a, they're like Skype in every room. <laughs> it's like, well, I mean, that's what the Jetsons kind of wanted. But like, that's not you don't want no. Skype people Skyping you from every room. No. Um, so Tessa Thompson kind of turns into the Terminator. And oh, the guy, one of the one of the goons is like, hey, what's a girl like you doing with a gun like that? And she's like, my dad's from Texas. And um, then Jordan Ladd gets involved and they're shooting at each other. And ultimately, the bad guys are all killed. Jordan Ladd is arrested. Um, and the boy like runs to Tessa Thompson at the end as the mom's being let off in cuffs. And he's not at all conflicted about it. He just hugs Tessa Thompson oh, yeah. and her dad. And it's like it's to be assumed they're just going to stay. They're going to stay a couple. The wow. mom's going to the pokey. Wow. The bad guys event. But Jay Stu is worried about, you know, the splashdown. Splashdown. We're going to need him to explain. We must not have. I would remember if we had covered that on the Inside the Actors studio episode of The Baller Lifestyle. Uh, well, fantastic work, Ed. Now I kind of want to see. Just the 39 minute mark is where we get Jay Stu. Yeah. At least that. And he doesn't. He just has the one scene. He doesn't. Yeah, because they have to rush from the investor meeting because there's a murder going right, on. Right, right. He wasn't involved in that portion. Uh, no, he, he wasn't asked to kill. He was no. just asking him if right. was in the bathroom. Yeah, splashdown. That seems a little racy. I, I'm assuming that at no point does uh, Tessa Thompson no, no. get him out no, in the movie. No, I think I, I was trying to think about it because I was I was taken with her. Oh yeah, she de- um, she definitely gets them out and things. She She's was, naked she in was, Westworld, right? She was in a movie that I didn't enjoy that a lot of people loved. It was called "Sorry to Bother You." It was about like a black um, phone uh, telemarketer that he puts on a white voice and it does really well oh, because he does a white voice. I haven't seen it. Does it? Does but he? Does he do it, the? It turns real weird. Does he like, do the Tony Gwynn white voice, like like Eddie Murphy doing a white voice? I'm not falling for no banana in the tailpipe. It's kind of like that. Um, And it was supposed to be like one of these big, it was that and black Klansman that was supposed to be this, these groundbreaking movies. And uh, this one got real weird. And I understood the point they were making, but, but I do remember Tessa Thompson was not wearing a lot of clothes in a couple of scenes. That's that's kind of what I remember Mm. about it. Mm. Sounds like interesting, but it was not a good movie. Um, okay. Well, a lot of, that's what we're talking about these days on the show's movies. I think we might, let's do a voicemail right quick and then we'll get into the topic at hand today. He's so easy to hate. Your time he likes to waste. His calls are far from great. His calls are far from great. He's such a stupid fuck. He seems down on his luck. His voicemails really suck. His voicemails really suck. No one's enjoying him. He's so annoying. Plus so fucking boring and worthless. But he's got nothing else to do. 
ish, ish, ish. His balls are used to shit, 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 shit. He's fat and got big tit, 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 tits. He's meant well. How do you feel? How do you feel about that whistling? I feel like I whistle the theme quite a bit. Yeah, to, I don't mind it's it. So catchy. It's, it's so fucking catchy. What I worry about is when you're just walking down the street and you hear whistling. Yeah, that's never. when there's a murder. That's murdering. That's murdering. But now, if you had to grade my ability, I would say C. Whoa. I mean, you hear some like really good whistlers. That's true. I'm, that's I'm not true. saying I'm above a C. Yeah, I'm that's true. That was kind of run of the mill whistling. Yeah, I was. I would. I mean, I, I might put me in the C plus, possibly B minus category. But I'm not. Think about what you have to do to become an A whistler. You got to whistle. Probably got to yeah. annoy the shit out yeah. of people. So yeah. it's best to be aiming for a C. Yeah. You just want to be passing. Yeah, um, I. That's actually a really good point. That's why I'm not better at whistling. Is because I don't. I don't want to bother people with too much whistling. Now I just noticed a real problem. A lot of people have been hitting me up for the phone number lately. And I realize it's a little intimidating to call and leave a voicemail for the show, but one person does it consistently. And his name is Manuel and he lives in Gardena. He's a plumber. He's a good guy, fan of me, but I just, I've just opened. That's we only have the one voicemail this week. And I, I just opened it up and I want to play it, but we have, we've got a possible issue here, Ed. Uh-oh. We are minutes. we're back to Manuel using his full allotment of time. And so we're going to have to I'm going to have to ask you to pick well, I feel like he's yeah. doing better with the intros. I have a feeling what's going to happen here. Is his intro will be his intro. We'll get the gist. We'll get but the gist he'll, before he's he'll done. He'll belabor the point the last minute and a half. I say start at thirty six. Okay, thirty six. And we'll 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 see how how it goes. Thirty six. Okay. Oh, it went right to thirty six. Okay. Here we go. Let's see. Let's see what Manuel has to say. That are just outright assholes. Just don't know. So, Manuel's really been on a theme. Lately, right? it's transportation, but also just like people he doesn't like. Like last week, I'm I'm he, okay with airing your grievances. He doesn't like people we, that drive too actually, fast. We've actually been mostly, and last week was not a winner, but yeah, uh, we've been mostly in agreement with him with yeah. with some of his recent grievances. He doesn't like you because now I'm telling you, Ed, this is, and I know, um, you know, most people are are bunkered at home and I understand that and I feel for everybody but I've had you know had to be out and about and I've looked down and been like holy shit I'm going 95 miles an hour on the freeway I don't even notice there is there are no cars out there it is a fucking zombie apocalypse and you realize that stuff you dread doing because it takes so long to get there not that far away. <laughs> Issue is that nothing's open. Yeah. So you can't like go to a movie or a concert or a restaurant or, but you could dr- drive very quickly to the place where those things occur, which is, you know, a plus. Uh, yeah. Right. He's, we've learned that Manuel, he doesn't like people that drive BMWs. He doesn't like people that drive Teslas. And he doesn't like people that drive he too like fast. Mini bikes. 
Yeah, mini bikes, noisy. Oh yeah, loud. He doesn't like loud exhaust. I I was. He doesn't like uh, men that let women pump gas. Oh, that's right. That's right. Well, but but we were in agreement with some. Yeah, I'm with him. I'm with. I'm I'm, I'm all aboard the chivalry train. If I'm with, if I'm with my lady, and she's driving, I'm not letting my lady pump her own gas. I'm a fucking man. um, I'm a pump the gas. I'm all about shutting down the Bud Rub and Lil Sis loud muffler situation. Totally. Totally. You mean that woo woo? You don't like the woo woo? <laughs> the whistles go woo woo. <laughs> um, I agree with you there. I don't like, uh, I don't like that noises, but let's see, let's see what his issue is today. Somebody's an asshole. Yeah. This, yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. Fired up. <laughs> okay. Let's see who's an asshole. Don't care. You know, like the people that are discarding their gloves that uh, could be contagious, maybe not, you know, just anywhere and everywhere. Oh, shit. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I just went to pause it because I'm playing it from my phone. I closed. No, but I get what he's saying. He doesn't like people. I guess people are using their disposable gloves and then just dumping them. Apparently I got a whole system cause I do. I'm like, I'm not like super, I'm, I'm careful. I got the sanitizer in the car and when I, when I pump gas, I'm just very aware of what I touch these days. Like everybody else's. And my God, I, I touch my face all the fucking I know, time I know. I guess, because I never, I, I'm so aware of it. Yeah. So I'm careful in that way, but yeah. it is crazy how much the urge is just like, Touch your eyebrows, you know, scratch your head, you yep. know, touch yep. your ear. It's and, crazy. And I've, um, I'm making a real sad attempt at a beard right now, Ed. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm about, I'm pretty bushy right now. Yeah. And it's like, I just feel like it's like kind of a solidarity thing with everybody's just kind of in the same place where we're all just agreeing to get fat and hairy together. But, you know, the beard gets itchy. And, mm-hmm. you know, the stash, you like, you want to like fix the hair on your face and you can't yeah, do it. I got a whole system for when I pump gas. I just put the, I put the one glove on the right hand and I, I do the whole transaction just with the one gloved hand, a la Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. And then I remove the glove by putting my finger in my clean finger from the other hand inside the glove and I pull it off and I dispose of it right there at the filling station. And then I immediately sanitize my hands before I get in the car. So nothing, there's no transference as far as I know, but it sounds to me like what Manuel doesn't like is that people are like discarding their safety. And I have seen this. I've seen in like, like people's gloves in, in like parking lots and stuff. So I might be with yeah. Manuel. Let's, oh, let's let I him hate, I, in general, litter. it drives me nuts yeah. when people litter because Somebody has to clean that up. Of course. So you're you're saying somebody is worse than you, and that makes you a complete asshole. When you're driving down the highway and you just see somebody like just throw shit out their window, that's crazy. Fucking monster. I saw yesterday. I saw that happen yesterday. Awful. That uh, could be contagious. Maybe not. You know, just anywhere and everywhere on floors or uh, you know, rather than trash cans. Uh, the people that are hoarding things like the toilet paper, the hand sanitizer. Yeah, we all know about those douchebags. Uh, 
back east that got caught and publicly shamed and were actually uh, able to donate the sanitizer that they had hoarded back to uh, in Tennessee. Yeah. Yeah. Tennessee dude hoarded like thousands. Yeah. This is, I'm, I'm with, and it's taken, it's, yeah, not easy for Manuel to say. Route, yeah, I, I'm with him. Yeah, it's there's not a shortage of these items. It's just that everyone fucking runs out and buys them all because they think they think they're gonna have to take so many shits over the next four years, that, and they won't have to be they won't be able to clean themselves, so they have to hoard, stack their garage full of toilet paper. And it's just the only reason the things aren't on the shelves is because you dickheads go buy them every day. Just. Buy, buy what you need and it'll be there. There's no, there's no shortage of anything. It's crazy. I, I had just, I always would go on a target run. We talked about this. They're like, you buy, you buy the, like the bulk type things from target, but you feel kind of weird with the giant thing of toilet paper. Yeah. But I haven't even put a dent in that in the last month and change. Like, and I've been eating like I'm going to the electric chair. Yep. Yep. And I'm Same. still not shitting that much. Same. I mean, no. you just don't no. need that much toilet paper. You don't. You, you don't. You really don't. It's a, it's a weird, it's just weird that that's the thing everyone focuses in on. Because, I mean, if you really think about it, and I don't want, I don't like to get gross on the show. If you really think about it, you don't need toilet paper. Like, if it came down to the actual things you need to survive, that's pretty low on the list. You need yeah. food water, shelter, and a weapon. Well, all the guns to shoot the virus. Right. To to kill (laughs) COVID. Okay. Let's let him talk for like another 30, maybe 45 seconds. If it gets interesting, come on. 25. You know, community um, charity, but you know, there's a bunch of other a-holes out there that have like garage fulls of sanitizer, garage fulls of PP that are uh, causing problems for uh, maybe the less unfortunate or the less fortunate. Less unfortunate. uh, The elderly who can't really get out there. He's making a a grand point. I mean, a situation like this just highlights the wealth and, and privilege inequalities in this country in a huge way. It's true. These these types of situations indis- are 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 discriminate against. I don't know how to say it against uh, poorer people. It's just they have less means. If they, you're working in uh, an hourly wage at a supermarket, you are yeah. essential. Yeah. Yet nobody's paying for your fucking health care right, right. as you as you're dealing with and, this shit. And, but what they do what they do get is our thoughts and prayers. So they can, they can have that. Uh, but it is kind of weird that people are like, um, you know, you see people out, like everyone's out walking because you get, you got to get out and get some vitamin D. You can't just be inside all day. So people are out walking and everybody's giving each other their space on the streets. But you'll notice people are much more friendly where they're like, Hey, how's it going? You know, they look you in the eye, but they want you to know they're one of the good ones, but then they're up at 7am lining up outside Costco to get the, to get the, they're allotted two cases of teepee. Yeah. You know, it's a weird, uh, it's a weird dichotomy. Right. I'm with Manuel. Yeah. I, me other. too. Stop being an asshole. Me too. Litter. I got it. Same love Manuel. Big fan of Manuel. 
Good guy. Fan of me. Uh, okay. We've been talking about movies on this show. Yeah. I'm going to play the trailer because Ed and I are about to talk about Armageddon. Life is short. I love you. Love is forever. Will you marry me? Gracie grew up to become a full-blown hottie. You're talking about my little girl, all right? But you never know what the future holds. It's a fucking asteroid. It's a meteor shower. This new one you're tracking. How big? It's what we call a global killer. Nothing would survive, not even bacteria. Oh my God, what happened? It just stopped playing. The United States government just asked us to save the world. Anybody want to say no? You think we'll get hazard pay out of this? I'm keep stopping. Oh my God. All right. We, it. we get the point. Um, Armageddon 1999. This piece of so shit came this, out. Ed. This, was, this came out. It, movies did this a lot in that era. You had this and Deep Impact. I was going to say. Around the same time. There was. You had the Truman Show. Yes. And Ed TV coming out at the same time. Like there were all these movies. Dante's Inferno. And there were even two movies about Steve Prefontaine. There were two yes. movies about everything. One had Jared Leto. Yes. One had Crudup. Crudup. Billy Crudup. Who's, a, who's beautiful, by the way. He is beautiful. Gorgeous. Uh, Armageddon, 1998. American science fiction disaster film produced and directed by Michael Bay. I mean, you could see that from space. Nobody would, nobody would need to tell you that <laughs> uh, produced by Jerry Bruckheimer. Of course, um, film follows a group of blue collar deep core drillers sent by NASA to stop a gigantic asteroid on a collision course with earth. It stars Bruce Willis and it's ensemble cast. It's got some real heavy hitters in it. I mean, the the cast is ridiculous. It's amazing. It's just, there there are like some great, I mean, a lot of good people in this cast. Yes. um, Conair sort of did this. Right. Have Malkovich, but they, you know, and, and Buscemi, but they had some crummy guys in there, too. Right. This, uh, this is a pretty good cast. Not everyone's perfect, but a pretty fucking good cast. Right. Ben Affleck's there. Billy Bob Thornton. Liv Tyler. Buscemi. Owen Wilson. Um, yeah, Steve Buscemi. Billy, yeah, did you say Billy Bob? Will Patton? Yep. Um, good actor. Bill, Bill Fickner. Uh, uh, Peter, Peter Stormare. Peter Stormare. Carl Hungus. He's Keith David. Keith David. Keith David bad in anything. Right. Not to be confused with David Keith. Um, Michael Clark Duncan, R.I.P., uh, who was whose star was high at the time. Ed, in the in all, and I don't remember every single movie we've done on the show, but if you had to just quickly guess or to take get, offer your opinion, what would you say is the worst movie we've reviewed on this show? Howard the Duck. Howard the Duck, by far the worst, probably the worst movie ever made. Yeah, I mean, it's weird. Red Dawn was was pretty bad. Real I piece mean, of I, shit. I didn't, you know, over the top was bad, but in a way that I kind of good, kind of good, right? But Red Dawn, I had such fond memories. So bad, and it was bad in like a not good way. So bad. Um, I would argue Armageddon is. 
as bad, if not worse <laughs> than Red Dawn. I had never seen it before. I watched it last night. I was so mad at you. <laughs> See, to me, I thought it was a bad movie, but with good actors. So there was something. Compelling. No, the good actors are bad in it. The script is bad. The story <laughs> is terrible. Fucking ridiculous. There's also lots of like um, racist, like Asian stereotypes in it, which is just what? I, I don't remember what there. So at the beginning. OK, so it starts off. Uh, what's his name? Bruce Willis, who's a fucking God like the guy can do no wrong. Even that one movie he was in in the 90s where it was obvious that there was a chick dressed up as a guy and it was like, oh, yeah. Color of night. Color of night. And it was and I'm like, Hawk was pretty bad. I'm like, hey, it, we're supposed to not know that that's a woman dressed up as a man this whole time. That's <laughs> like this. You can't even this is not believable. That said. He is so bad in this movie. It's so bad. So he's like a roughneck. He like owns his own he's, oil rig. He's the worst in this movie. He, he's, he's the, the worst. worst. Character in the movie. He's a driller. For some reason, even though he was known to be bald and acted bald a lot, they put him in a toupee for this. Yeah, a, a blonde toupee. Yeah. Highlighted toupee. What? You didn't. He's a he's a driller. He's the he's the, uh, the head of uh, an oil uh, rig. He's not. There'd be no reason that they have to give him hair and blonde no, hair. It doesn't. And he looks more badass bald. He's Bruce Willis. Like yes. you, you just, you make him look like a puss by putting some hair on his head. Then he's like, he like is a, he owns his own oil rig or something. They're out in the ocean. And for some reason, his daughter needs to be there. And he catches his like number one employee. Who's a very skinny Ben Affleck. Oh, and what, what the big point I wanted to make yeah. about Ben Affleck so Goodwill Hunting, this might have been the movie after that. Yeah, it was like, right. People are like, this, yeah. this guy is a star. And they're like, you know what you need to do? You need to fix your teeth. And he got on the scale of one to ten in brightness. Yeah. He got one brightness teeth. Yeah. Those things were glowing. Those choppers were glowing. He in got in between Goodwill Hunting and Armageddon. My man, Ben Affleck, he went to the equine dentist down at the farm and he said, Give me the horse size. He got the horse size white, extra pearly white veneers stapled into his gums. It was was it was it was, it was jarring. The it was entire movie jarring. Was he in anything between those two movies? Hold on. I mean, Goodwill Hunting was like 97, 98. Yeah, it was, it was right around and here. He had also been in other things. Things. Yeah, he was in Days and Confused, but but like yes. he went from being a right. guy that you might movie star, yeah, to a star. Goodwill, Goodwill Hunting made him and Affle and uh, Damon like stars. Yeah, yeah. Oh. And this was the first big one, I think. Yeah. So yeah. So Goodwill Hunt, Goodwill yeah. Hunting ninety seven. Then he was in something in between called Phantoms. Yeah, but that that's the type of movie you film before you right. know you're Yeah, that, and then they then they put it out quickly. This was the payday movie. Then he did Shakespeare in Love, which I'm happy to have never seen. Um so he's he's balls deep in Bruce Willis's daughter who Why would you have your daughter on a an oil yeah. rig. Why would you in the middle of the ocean? Yes, exactly. It's uh it's crazy. Like you would never you would never put her in that situation. And while they're there, they're like giving uh, a tour she's there to like 
she must be like the business development chick for the drilling because she's giving some, uh, uh, giving a tour to like Japanese investors who are. Oh, that's right. Yeah. This was the, the right, the Asian stuff. Yeah. 80s yeah. and 90s, all they did was uh, it was like Japanese investors were involved in every movie, even like rom-coms. Yes. It's like, yeah, we need to put a Japanese investor. And, in. and then when there's um, at the same time that this is so they're on the they're on the uh, the what do you, I can't remember what it's called, the drilling rig, the platform. And Bruce. And, and, and this is a very Michael Bay, super right winger. He. uh he had to have the Greenpeace people show up and they're like, fuck you, fuck yes. you. Oh, yeah. And they're, and they're, he's, they're he, yeah, he, you, they, they just want to protect the environment. Fuck these people. Right. And he's, and Bruce Willis is hitting golf balls at them. Yeah. And, and then like, he gets, an, you're supposed to think he's a good guy because of that. Yeah, and then he gets annoyed and he just throws his driver in the ocean. He's got like a $300 big Bertha <laughs> and he just is like, ah, fuck them. And he throws it in the ocean. So he catches Ben Affleck. Balls deeping his daughter, Liv Tyler, much hotter than I remember her. Very attractive. Yes. Yeah, I'd yes, forgotten yes, about she, her. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't appreciate her as much at the time. Neither did I. She's very attractive. Um, and then he tries to murder Ben Affleck, which seems like an overreaction, and not like in the comical way of trying to murder, he gets a pump action shotgun and chases him and is firing blasts. He's a terrible shot, by the way. Right. But are you supposed to shoot guns on an oil rig? No, no. He's, he's hitting everything but Ben Affleck and the guys on the, the other roughnecks are like, Oh, come on, boss. You, you knew it was bound to happen sooner or later. And, and uh, Ben Affleck's character is like, Hey man, don't shoot me there. They're, it's a very light hearted attempted murder right. i don't feel it's like the, the i don't feel like they would like movies you know yeah. nobody's allowed to fuck my daughter type thing but like it turned to murder and unnecessary yeah um but then uh but it's established he's the best oil guy in the world he's the, the best driller. driller now ever i don't want i don't want to pick apart this script mainly because there's nothing holding it together in the first place it seems to me that it would be easier to teach astronauts how to drill a hole <laughs> than it would be to teach oil so drillers you haven't even said, so how to go to starts, space. It starts yeah. off, there's some dude in his backyard that has like the, the world's third best telescope. Right. <laughs> he noticed a meteor yeah. coming towards Earth the size of Texas. Yeah. And they're like, this will end civilization. And he's the only one who noticed. And yeah. uh, his wife was played by Costanza's mother-in-law, Susan Bond. Yes, that's um, right. But, she's in a lot of but, things. She has a very recognizable face. Yeah. And uh, and then the, you get these scientists and they're like, all right, we got this asteroid the size of Texas. And you you see that like shit's dire. And they're like, well, we need somebody to to put an end to it. And then they show a meteor shower hitting New York city, like fucking it up, like big pieces. And the cab driver is, uh, hanging with Mr. Cooper. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and in the back seat, Eddie Griffin, Eddie Griffin's like, right. They, 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 they got every like random star right. to be in this movie. And in the back seat of the cab are, is Getty Watanabe. 
And it's right. like, and he's like, oh, oh, New York City, like a super racist, Automobile? yes, Asian portrayal. Like we, we weren't still doing that in the nineties. Right. And it was, I mean, he might've been hanging with Mr. Cooper. I, I pointed out in my notes, he was the last cabbie in New York City to not be talking on his uh, Bluetooth <laughs> phone. And, and he's the last person to be speaking English right. in New York City. But, uh. <laughs> But it's 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 fucking up New York City. And then they're like, then they cut to the rig and you like a lot of character establishing scenes. And like Brian read out a great cast. But it was like they they gave everybody vignettes after you see that the world's about to come to an end. And then you see this like colorful life on the rig. Yeah. And the only reason why everybody knows what's going on is because. It was heavily advertised at the time that Bruce Willis was going to have to save the world. No, it is, it's impossible to understand what's going on. But so you didn't know the commercials in yes. 1998. You, you, why, why are we just hanging out with guys fucking with Greenpeace after we see the world is like about to get fucked yeah, up? Yeah. And then so then they um, they land the Air Force lands a chopper on the rig and they're like, we need you. You're Bruce Willis. You're the, I'm told you're the best driller in the world. And he's all dripping with oil. And he's like. Why should I go with you? And it's like, they're like, hey, he's like, I'm the fucking, I'm, you know, a colonel in the Air Force. I need your help. Like, come with me. And he's like, well, I guess, I guess I'll come with you. And then they, he gets him there and Billy Bob Thornton, Billy Bob Thornton, I was, I was watching this movie with a friend of mine and I was like, Billy Bob Thornton is one of these people that, one of these actors that everyone agrees is great, but right. also is still somehow underrated. And yes. in this movie, this movie is so bad and everybody in it knows it's a bad movie. And Billy Bob Thornton is just acting his dick off like he's actually good. His credibility to the government aspect of the movie. Yes. It's like, oh, Billy Bob Thornton thought he was in a real movie and the rest of these guys knew exactly what the deal was. So Bruce Willis, I would, argue, I, would I have an argument over a couple of people that I thought Oops. delivered, but well, yes. one of them, well, one of them isn't Owen Wilson. So the, no. <laughs> we'll get to that. Cause I, I don't know what he was doing there. The, uh, so they go and they explain, they're like, Hey, the world's going to end in like 18 days. You know, we're pretty much fucked. Um, the only chance we have is if you can drill a hole in the asteroid. And he's like, let me think about it. Like he's <laughs> like, it's, he's very, he's like, can I, let, let me see if my guys can do it. Like it's, he's, no one seems that life worried. Is life is going to end unless you do this. <laughs> yes. So you either can think about it and have like, a couple of weeks to just chill or do what they're asking you to do. Yeah. It's crazy. The, uh, and then they're, they're they, I mean, it's convoluted. They do explain if we just fire something at it, it, it the sur- hitting it at the surface won't do it. Cause it's the right. size of Texas. So we have to drill and blow it up from the inside. Right. Oh, by, by the way, we still have no plan for this as a, as we still and, and there, you have two weeks, you have two weeks right. to, to get these oil rig guys right. into space and land on the asteroid. If the vid doesn't get us or Yellowstone doesn't explode, an asteroid, you know, asteroids have hit the fucking earth before. It's, we've had ice ages that one will hit this planet again. And they're right now there ain't shit we can do about it. So, yeah, you know, it's the end. Showers yeah. Hit Russia like every three weeks. Yeah. But, there's, but they just keep listening to their techno. It's not a big deal. Yeah. Um, so, 
he's then he's like, okay, you got to assemble my team. Now, what did I miss here? Because he had just left the rig and all the guys were there on the rig on the rig. And now they're scattered around America. They're all around the country. And AJ Ben Affleck has somehow in the day since it's been started his own company with a sign and he's like drilling for oil by himself. <laughs> what? Cause they, they established right away. Hang on. We have two weeks to get this done. Let's go get, yeah. let's go get him. Yeah. So they get, so they, and then Michael, Michael Clark Duncan is, uh, they're just like, want to see if he wants to do it, but they have to like chase him on his Harley. They have to do like a full police chase. Why is he running away? We don't know. My favorite moment for Michael Clark Duncan was when Joan Rivers mistook him for Ving Rhames. <laughs> she said like something like, how was Pulp Fiction? He's like, uh, I wasn't in that movie. That's not, that's not even close. That's not even Lawrence Fishburne, uh, Samuel L. Jackson territory. Joan you know, Rivers was kind of coming apart at the scene for the last decade of her life. They're not remotely similar. Like, well, one is one is like a foot taller and a foot wider. It's an actual giant, a physical giant. <laughs> um so I, I i didn't know what to make of this they when they when yeah. they get buscemi yeah he was hitting on somebody and i was like who is that it was the pregnant chick from summer school oh yes yes she was, was. She was like, oh no she it's was. her dad is the drummer for the monkeys amy dolan's no, no. yes the pregnant chick from summer yes school? yes 100 really? percent. yes absolutely hold on i'm on the, i'm on the IMDb right now. Yeah, I recognize her too. She was banging. She also, we just talked about over the top the other day. Um, she also was on a soap opera. Might have been One Life to Live. I don't know if she could. I got to do the full cast. Uh, but eventually they coordinate the whole team. And again, they're like, we no, got it. Her name's Shawnee Smith. Oh, well, I mean, maybe they just Shawnee look a little. Shawnee Smith. Okay, my mistake. Uh, eventually they, they arrange the whole team. Yeah. And there's they still like kind of need to be talked into it. And uh, one thing I'll point out is the movie, uh, much like the band in real life, the movie, because the daughter is starring in the movie, they have a lot of Aerosmith songs. And just like Aerosmith, the songs in the beginning of the movie are pretty good. They have sweet emotion. Yeah. And their version of come together right. is pretty good. But then, then they and get, then, then they get into their ballady. Don't right. want to miss it. This, this, the song was for this movie. I the, think the Don't Diane, miss. the Diane Warren penned right. Aerosmith. But they start with seventies Aerosmith, yeah, which is, which is great. Of course. Yes. Yeah. It's that's when they wrote their own songs. That's the difference. Right. Um, yeah. So they, they arrange the team, right. They get them, they get them to, um, they teach them how they're going to be astronauts. And I don't know. They, they, they launch, two shuttles right next to each other. I'm pretty sure you like, can't do that. Like 30 feet from me. Right. <laughs> like, right. Like there's so much fire. You can't do that. And I also wanted to point out. So his team was in Owen Wilson, just collecting a quick paycheck. He, he couldn't have been on the set very long. Um, the fat guy from Herman's head. Yes. The guy in the hallway from yes. Groundhog Day. Yes. That guy. Yeah. I like him. Yeah. I've always liked him. He didn't work much, but he was good. Right. He was there. Yeah. I mean, it was a good team. They, um, th when they rally up with the, um, Russian cosmonaut, Peter Stormare, AKA Carl Hungus, AKA Uli, the nihilist, 
why did I didn't get why he then accompanied them to the asteroid? He was he was on the it was a Russian space station. He was right. he was manning. But yes. wasn't there a problem at the space station? He yeah, just had to hitch a ride. Right, I guess so. Yeah, there because they were just supposed to gas up there, and then they land on the asteroid, and it's like a rough landing. And uh, Buscemi, who's like, you know, he's an oil driller, and he's like, we've landed. T- 27 miles in the wrong sector. He's a genius. They, te- they, they established he's a genius who just couldn't deal with common life. So right. he wanted to work on an oil but, rig. In the ocean. But even a genius would not be able to do, do the coordinates of space in his head. Like this, this is insane. <laughs> and also they seem in this movie, they play it fast and loose with gravity and oxygen. Their helmets, their helmets are sometimes on, sometimes yes. off. And they also have like they're just they're just walking around freely. And then sometimes they're floating in space. (laughs) Right. It doesn't make sense. What I noticed is that by the time they got to the asteroid and I'm like, oh, well, they're on the asteroid. This is this movie should wrap up in the next 20 minutes. So I hit pause just to yeah. see how much time was left. Yeah. The I movie texted you about this. I was like, the uh, the last hour yes. is kind of the same. The thing. movie's two hours and 32 minutes, and it's only one hour has passed when they get, when they actually land on the asteroid. Well, and the rest is just like a mess. Like, I don't, I couldn't understand what was happening. I couldn't, it didn't even, it was like I'd taken a drug or something. What I saw on the screen, I couldn't make sense of in my brain. The, uh, so I was watching it with my son and he's like, Hey, is that lightning McQueen? And then, yeah. And then lightning McQueen exits. Sure. Yeah, he gets <laughs> Owen Wilson's there and he gets killed for some reason. Like, I don't know why he was there in the first place. You know how animated movies sometimes hire like a big time actor yeah. to have a, have like two lines and yeah. you wonder why bother. This was that kind of situation. Owen Wilson why why have him there he he really had nothing to do what, in the movie so what did how did we learn about oh so owen we know he was in bottle rocket he's has a small role in cable guy then great great in cable guy yeah, then he's in anaconda that that he had a, a role right and i wouldn't be surprised that that might be in the bruckheimer family right and oh so that's maybe why he gets brought in on arm again and so he wasn't really a big star then so, so he, he, you weren't paying up for him he was just a, on, uh, on the rise right right got it. okay that makes more sense okay um and so they originally say this is top secret we we can't tell the public which is true if you knew about this you try to deal with it but if oh, no. you had everybody believing mankind is going to end in a week. Yeah, it's, you, it would end. You, you, you couldn't tell anybody because the minute you do, it's it's chaos. But then they do tell they, yeah. they talk about how you can't tell anybody. Then everybody is. And this is the timing is odd because it wasn't the late 90s. Everyone is tuning into the radio to hear the president. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> what is going on? Everyone was crowded around radios. Uh, yeah, that's a little weird. I mean, the whole thing, the whole, the whole premise of the um, we'll, Keith David is doing yeah. a good job as a general in, but then in Mission Control, 
why was the daughter slash girlfriend allowed to just roam around mission control yep. and she was causing many scenes it's one thing if they say you can sit here but if you cause a scene we're gonna have to remove you she has like eight scenes yeah. where she just like crying and charging at people and has to be held back don't they have a waiting room yeah none like, in houston and that, rem- none in control. that reminds me these guys that roughneck it out on these oil rigs mm-hmm. it's a high paying gig it's fucking oh, yeah. hard work you're out there for like a you month do it unless it pays very well it pays great and ben affleck he proposes to live tyler before he sets off to the asteroid and when he's putting animal crackers on his stomach yeah. and talking like the crocodile hunter yeah you needed that other guy's telescope to see the diamond on this fucking ring that he gave her. I, yeah, that's not two months pay right there. It's, it's not even an hour's pay. I mean, she knows how much he makes. She works right, on the rig. In it. Yes. That's right. She's handling the paperwork. Right. It's <laughs> crazy. Like, it's not even remotely a valuable thing that he gave her in order. Like it's not, they could have said, Hey, this was my grandma's. It's special to me. It was the shittiest ring I think I've ever seen. Uh, What else happens? They go, they go and they try to blow it up. And I don't even know. I don't even think I finished it. I don't know. I assume they blew up the asteroid. Really? You too. They, 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 they're, of course, everything is coming down to the last second. Yeah. And uh, what's his name? Bruce Willis. Plays no, Fickner. Bill Fickner. Fickner, who's been like the dickish guy and everything. I love him. I absolutely he's, love he's that guy. He's great. He's yeah. great. Yeah. But um, he pulls a gun again. The gun <laughs> in space. It's like the gun. It's, it's like the gun underwater. It's like doesn't work. Right. So he's got the gun and he's like, you know what? You guys didn't complete the mission. And I wasn't really clear because it's the size of Texas. And they, the the two shuttles landed far apart and one seemed to crash. But yeah, Affleck and a couple people lived. Yeah. Um, and then they had like a they, they had like a four, they had like a dune buggy that they could like they had to rendezvous catch up in like an hour. Yeah. And they were like driving halfway across Texas in an hour. Yeah. So you can't do. <laughs> And on like very rocky ground. It's not like a flat highway. Right. Also, what's like holding it? So it's there is a gravitational pull on the asteroid or like was that explained? They might have tried to explain it and I just didn't want to hear it. Yeah. Um, So the so then they he pulls the gun. It's like, yeah, I have a a directive that, you know, if it looks like it's going to fail, I'm just going to blow everything up. We're just going to set off this bomb. And then they do the countdown thing. Right. And they've been doing this in movies forever. Yeah. Yeah. The last eight seconds took 14 seconds. Yeah. Yeah, That's really annoying. And they're showing how dire it is because more media showers are coming in advance of this thing. And they completely decimate Paris. Paris Paris is completely gone. And it's an afterthought in this movie. They're like, we better act quick or, or things are going to get bad on us. It's like Paris, not like, not like a small town. I know there's like, Paris is just off the map. There's We're, probably like 4 million people that live in Paris. Oh, more than that. Yeah, and, more. It, and, and 4 million people and like every site in Paris, like the entire city's gone. Yeah. And they're like, dodgeable there. Nothing happened. 
<laughs> right. <laughs> what? You just ruined Paris. Uh, yeah, it's it's insane. Um, it's it's really. I felt like everybody involved in this movie should have immediately been drummed out of Hollywood. Of course, it was a hit. I guess. I mean, it was the budget was so massive that it was would be hard for a movie like this to make money. But it's the the budget was. $140 million. Most of it in went to toupees and fake looking asteroid sets and explosions. Um, and the movie, and the movie made a little over two or 200 U U S half a billion cumulative worldwide. So it was a hit. Like you dumb shits went and saw this piece of shit. I saw it in the theater. I yeah. remember that. And I remembered nothing else. I saw that it was written by or co-written by J.J. Abrams. Is there anybody that's produced more garbage that's roundly considered as an auteur in Hollywood? Because they're like, J.J. Abrams, he's going to save Star Wars. Did you see the last three Star Wars? Because they were pretty shitty. Oh, I liked, I, I didn't like the last, the most recent one. I liked the other two. They're okay. I mean, he only, I guess he directed the first one but he oversaw the other ones the second one that everybody hated was the best of the three i thought uh, i don't even remember is that, is that the, the, one, the, that, one, the with one that made all the fanboys mad because luke skywalker didn't want to save the day oh that one was yeah that one was okay when he uh when they were like racing across the desert yeah yeah, yeah. that was the one that like the, the hardcore fans hated they were so angry about it that, which made me like it more yeah that one was okay i would say that was the best of the three the last one was a real piece of shit yeah, terrible yeah um, what else you, you want to, you want to rate the characters? Oh, the, the, yeah. The one thing I want, I wanted to say is, so he comes, so Bruce Willis sacrifices his life. So, uh, uh, what's his name? Like yeah. gets to make it home and marry the daughter. Yep. And, and the first thing that you get back first thing, cause you see, I think you see even guys like injured. Yeah. Like they must've gotten married a week after they got home. Yeah. And I got to say, if I just save the earth as much as I'm in love, yeah. I'm going to be the judge of a few hundred thousand ducks, uh, dick sucking contest. Yeah. Or, I mean, he got but, married like a week later. Yeah. Like, yeah. You talk about fame and then you talk yeah. about the biggest star in the world. Right. And then you talk about somebody who just saved every person on the planet. Yeah. Yeah. It's you're going to have a lot that goes with the right. perks of the job there. Yeah. You got to agree with that. Um, yeah, he, even though he was a bit of a cowboy, right? Like he had to be, he had to be reined in by Bruce Willis or, or he could have, uh, you know, he could have made things a lot worse, but he, in the end it was Affleck who saved the day. Um, so the worst by far in the movie, the worst character is Willis, Harry Stamper. Yes. And it's not even close. Like he's horrible. He's horrible and he's, he's dickish to people. And he doesn't, yeah, there's not, he gives you nothing. He gives, he gives yep. the audience nothing. He doesn't try in the movie. He's just a jerk. Yep. So uh, he's, he's the worst. Yeah. Um, who else? I mean, Liv Tyler. She was the second worst for me. Yeah. Of all the, the, the hysterical blowups in Mission Control. Yeah. Get her out of there. Get her out of there. She wasn't helping. Didn't they have a waiting room? Yeah. Third worst is Affleck for me because he didn't for sure. do any. He was just annoying with yes. the white teeth. Yeah, uh, real white teeth. Will, Will, Will Patton next, 
as Chick because he was just the lapdog of Bruce Willis. Oh, he loved all things Bruce Willis. Is he the kind of like balding? Yeah, he's the bad. Yeah. He's the bad guy from Ozark season two or whatever. He's, yes, he's a good actor. He's but he he did that weird thing where he's like, you know, he might be dying, so he goes and visits his daughter, mm-hmm. and the wife's like, you can't. You can't, you can't come here like this. And it's like, wait, isn't the, like, he wants to see his kid. He's not allowed to come visit his kid. He's probably going to die. Like it's, I don't think it's that big a deal. He's probably paying child support with his, with his drilling money. Let him see his kid. Like, no, nah, I don't think it's that, that big a deal. Um, yeah, he sucked. I, um, I really hated like all I I thought Buscemi was awful. Like he's a good actor, but his character was really annoying, really lame. Yeah. He started shooting a lot of things when he thought yeah. they were going to die. He started shooting. Yeah. Uh, Michael Clark Duncan was pretty annoying. Owen Wilson Horrible. sucked. Awful. I kind of liked the guy from Groundhog Day and Herman's head. Yeah. He was fat and lovable. Uh, Fickner. Pulling out a gun in space kind of problematic. I mean, he didn't write that in there. I feel like in all these studio yeah, meetings. He, right. He delivered what he was supposed to. Right. But, but my top three. I had third best General Kimsey, Keith David, because I great. just I enjoy no, him and everything he's in. He's great. He's got a lot he of delivers. he's got a lot of what I like to call gravitas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the most the most pretentious uh, inside the actor studio of all time with uh, with what's his name? Gravitas. Uh, uh, what's his name? Keeper Sutherland. Sutherland. And then when Stern, they mix it up and they say, "What's your favorite word?" <laughs> they switched it with his least favorite word. <laughs> That's great. Um, uh, number two, I've got Dan Truman played by Billy Bob Thornton. He's great. And he's even so, though he's problematic in a lot of ways, number one for me, Lev Andropov, Peter Storman. He's also I him in music. He's he's delightful in everything he's in. You see him and you're like, all right, that guy. It's that guy. I love that guy. And, and there was a scene where there was the, the woman. There was like one pilot that they gave her not, no part whatsoever. Yes, yeah, she was kind of like the Kelly McGillis where she's like are you going to listen? Or are you going to die in space? Like she really like had to give him a lecture, a stern lecture. Cause she was a, like a major or something. Yeah. And, uh, and in the end, like they needed to get something to work and Peter Stormare just throws her to the side and just starts mashing things wow. and he gets, yeah. gets it to work and it worked yeah. and he saved the day. So weird that- I like, I like the Soviet. For the Russian at that right. point, he was Russian. Right. Weird that in a Michael Bay movie, right. a woman would be thrown out of the way so that a man could get the job done. There was misogyny, anti-environmentalists, and Paris got destroyed. Also, did, very unbranded. Also, I didn't realize. I don't know if he does this in every movie, but Michael Michael Bay put himself in a couple scenes. Yeah, he was a scientist. Yeah, right? yeah. Hey, who's the scientist with the uh, frosted tips? Right, right. When did we when did we hire David Lee Roth to be a scientist here? <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah, that's great. He's a ridiculous human being. Yeah, absolutely. Um, overall, just I mean, I I never saw it the first time around. I'm really bummed that I have encountered it. I'm glad I know how just. <laughs> Uh, like I assumed it was shitty, but I pictured it being shitty in the over the top kind of way where it's amusingly shitty. 
it's so bad. It's such a mess. The fact that they continued to let these people make movies is only because all you dummies went and saw this one in the first place. We, I saw it, but my my memory of it was it was just an over the top movie with a good cast. Because you're probably so thinking I, of you're probably confusing it with Deep Impact, right? Yeah, I mean, I, or, or da- Dante's I, Inferno. I, I, so it said something like, you know, my son was reading. And he's like, and he, he enjoyed it because he's 12. Right. And like, it's just fun and everything. Yeah. Um, but he's like, oh, maybe we should watch Deep Impact. And I, I'm out on, I, I'm out on asteroids now. Yeah. You like, need at least a year. What I'm going to see is one that's going to kill me. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> exactly right. Okay. Well, <laughs> we'll wrap it up there. Uh, Ed, excellent job. Um, this movie was Very awful, but I think people will like our discussion of it. Um, Until next week for Ed Daily, my name is Brian Beckner. This has been either, Ed, do you know, is it 315 or 3? Well, I think it's 315. I have a feeling we're higher than that because we did some midweek episodes. Yeah. So I would number 16. 316? Okay. This has been episode 316 of the Baller Lifestyle Podcast. We will see you next week. Goodbye. Hell yes, the lifestyle's baller Podcast getting bigger and not smaller Broadcasting weekly, that's what we do With Easy Ed Daily and the man Jay Stew And Brian Beckner quick to dissect the week In sports and culture and whatever Plus you know there's Kate with a C But she's known as Fancy Pop to you and me Talking loud covers conundrums my brothers Reviewing some movies and shows and the others Top podcast man, no one is above us Five star, even the haters will love us And we're not trying to talk politics a lot We'd much rather talk about dicks a lot Shit so hot, man, you know the shit's on top Top podcast, man, it really hits the spot Listen up, you players and shot callers TBLS, the lifestyle's baller And you know the show is so flawless TBLS, the lifestyle's baller Listen up, you players and shot callers TBLS, the lifestyle's baller And you know the show is for all us TBLS, the lifestyle's baller